My series that I'm starting this Sunday, it's going to run for the next three weeks, is called Ascend. And after Easter Sunday, after the resurrection of Jesus, we tend to forget about the fact that he spent 40 days walking on this earth to prove the power of God, to prove that he is alive. And then in front of his disciples, he ascended into heaven. His feet on the Mount of Olives, and all of a sudden, he was taken up. And the graphic that's behind me right now, Mallory, that's awesome, speaks to the fact of that event happening. How the universe is now under his feet. And yet we as believers, what Alan, our host, said so awesomely today was we tend to go into this lull between Resurrection Day and the birth of our Savior, Christmas Day. And I feel like that we as believers, we, we tend to just accept that. We don't dress up every Sunday. We don't praise Jesus as much as we do on Easter Sunday. I mean, this room is about halfway full from what it was last Sunday. And that's, that's aggravating to me. It should be aggravating to you. But what I'm thinking today is, <laughs> I don't know, I'm taking a huge step of faith. I am not going to preach what I'm going to preach today, what I said I was going to preach. All right. So if I can be honest with you, I feel like that I'm kind of in a pit right now. And there's things going on in my life, and I've shared some things with you all that that's going on in my life, and, and the music, the, the praise and worship we sang today was amazing, and, and it was speaking right to me. Like, we, right now, we're, we're believing for miracles. Some of us are believing for miracles, and we're just not seeing it happen. And we're in here singing that, you know, the miracle's coming, we can't see God working, but we know that He's working, right? That we, right now, we're in church, we're in a house of miracles, and we're about to sing another song at the end of my message, whatever that message is going to be today. And I believe that we're going to see that happen. And I think some of us are in a pit because we don't see the miracle happening that we're waiting for, and we're getting very discouraged. So we like last Sunday because we celebrate what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. And there's a lot of us in here that are waiting for that to happen in our lives. I need that resurrection. Yes, I have it. I know on the day that Jesus comes back, the dead will rise and be resurrected. And I know I'm going to be counted as one of those. But I need it right here in my life right now. And, and in order to move from Easter Sunday into Christmas to get through the rest of this year, I need that resurrection power right now. And I find myself in a pit. So, I, this is a, a weird note to go to, but, but I'm going to go to this. My, one of my favorite movies is The Dark Knight. And, and The Dark Knight, 
Rises is probably, in that trilogy, my favorite movie. Because there, there's this scene where Bruce Wayne is cast aside into a pit, and he can't get out of that pit because he is in despair. And some of us right now are in that pit. We feel despair. We can't get out of that pit that we're in because, let me tell you something, despair is not a bad thing. And you're looking at me like, really? It's, it's not a bad thing. You want to know why? Because that means you actually believe that God's going to come through for you, and you haven't seen it yet, so you're in despair. That's what that means. If you didn't have the hope that Jesus is going to somehow save you out of that situation where you're at, then you wouldn't be feeling despair. You know that God is willing. You know that he is able. But it hasn't happened yet. Why? I don't know. Is it healing? Is it financial? Some of you have lost jobs because of what happened with cancer treatment centers. You've lost a job. You've seen the pandemic wreck your life because you don't have a job or you're at, at fear of losing your job. There's some of you that have broken relationships, broken homes, broken marriages. My marriage used to be broken. It's not praise God. Now, God is working. You don't see it, but I'm here to tell you, I don't, I'm not seeing it in some areas of my life, but I know that he is, and I have to hold on, and sometimes you're holding on by a thread because you're in such despair. And the reason why, as a believer, you're in despair is because you know God's promises work. You've seen him work in the past, but what about this situation I'm in now? Why is it taking so long? Why is it that I hunger and thirst for him and I desire for that miracle to happen and it's not? And what I'm saying to you today is Jesus is looking down from his throne and saying, it's time for you to ascend. And I'm like, how? How? Psalm 42. Psalm 42. This is David crying out to God. And maybe this is some of your heart cry right now. And those of you watching online, I'm sorry, Sarah, it's not in the notes. Don't put it up. Just leave that awesome graphic behind me. It's fine. This psalm is, why are you cast down, oh my soul? For some of you in there, and watching online, this is what you're saying right now. To your, you're speaking to yourself why. You know, you know, you know God's willing. You know he's able. You know he's coming through. You know he's working. You don't see it happy. You don't see it manifest. And we always say that as believers, don't we? I'm healed and I'm just waiting for my manifestation. And as Jeff was saying up here earlier, or I think it was Nate, Speak to that situation. Speak to your soul. Why are you cast down on my soul? When my Savior is seated at the right hand of the Father right now, and He is my mediator, He is watching over me, He cares for me, He cares about every hair that's on my head. Why are you cast down on my soul? And this is what David says. 
And this is my psalm today. My psalm moving forward, because in order for me to ascend as God desires me to, I have got to stand on His Word, and I've got to believe that it's for me. And some of you need to re-believe that the Word will come to pass, that He is no respecter of persons. If it works for David (laughs) thousands of years ago, then it works for me too. So maybe today to ascend means that we need to start to re-believe what the Word says. And we need to start taking it for ourselves. So why are you cast down on my soul? He says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. And this past week, let me tell you something. I gave my staff a sabbatical this week. I said, you know, we have worked hard for Easter We've put a lot of time and effort into all the things that we're doing and what God's doing in this church. We had a great Easter service last Sunday. Take a break. Reconnect with God. Don't worry about office work. You know what? I came in the office myself. I didn't even take my own advice to the staff. Does my soul, like a deer for water, does my soul pant for God? Does it? You need to ascend, and you need to tell it. Why are you cast down? It's time to pant for God, like a deer pants for water. It's time for that. So my staff, for the most part, because I caught some of them in here last week, took that time off, and last week, even though I I had that time off, was still a tough week for me. And when that happens, here's where the the following Jesus part comes in. This is where we we discipline ourselves. we, We as disciples know that we're disciples, is that we were able to say, you know what? The heck with that. Whatever it is that I'm feeling, what I'm going through, I've got to Align myself with Jesus. And if I'm honest with you, I didn't do that last week. And so I come here on Sunday wanting to preach something, and it just was not sitting with me right. This is what I need to be preaching, because I'm preaching it to myself, and if I'm preaching to myself, I'm preaching it to you. Just because I'm pastor does not mean I have somehow ascended to some special level. Yes, I have more responsibility. Yes, I'm a minister of the gospel. Yes, I'm there to shepherd you, but I believe that as I am also human, that I need to share with you kind of my struggles too, because guys, I am not above you. I'm with you. And if I'm feeling it, I know you're feeling it. We have got to connect ourselves to God. And he goes on to say in verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. That's who we celebrated last Sunday. Jesus resurrected. He is the living God, which means he's there. He hears us. He knows us. He wants us to come to him. When shall I come and appear before God? Wow. That question it's not like he's just waiting for us, but this question is so poignant right now. 
for some of us in this room. When shall I come and appear before God? In other words, when do I get on my knees before him? When do I abide in him? Jesus said that apart from me, you can do nothing. That those of you that abide in me and abide in my word, I will abide in you and ask anything that shall be done. John 15, 7. So why don't we make more of an appearance before God? Why don't we not only ask and seek, but also knock and go in? What keeps us from doing that? What last week kept me from spending more time on my knees than having my rear end in a chair typing out a message that I thought I was going to preach on Sunday? Why? Because we allow the things of this world to steal our attention. We allow the things that we go through to take us off track. And what I'm telling you today, God wants us to ascend. See, when Jesus was on this world and walking along with us and doing ministry, his perspective was not not as good as it is right now because when he ascended to heaven, he's now seated in the right hand of the Father. Now he sees everything. And we need to come up to that level. We need to ascend above our own situation so that we can be used mightily by him. David goes on in three, verse three, my tears have been, been my food day and night. Who can relate to that? While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? That is so poetic. How many of you are crying day and night and people don't see it? But Jesus does. And they become your sustenance. They, they somehow give life to you. Somehow you, you actually, in some crazy way, kind of enjoy that because it just reaffirms the situation that you're in, that you love the misery. It almost becomes normal. And what God is saying is, Rise up above this. You can do this. Because as the devil says, where is your God? How many of you are actually saying, yeah, I'm wondering the same thing? And he's right there. And the, the ascension is so critical because as Jesus said, he said that I have to go so that I can send you my helper. I have to go. It's like better that he's not here physically so that he could send the same power that brought him into this world through the virgin birth, the same power that gave him the power to do miracles and signs and wonders that we sang about today about miracles, right? That same power that raised him from the dead. That's the same power that is supposed to quicken our mortal bodies. So devil, my God, lives here because now my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's where my God is. We need to be reminded of that. Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in possession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. So as he's pouring out himself before God, all his troubles and 
where are you? And, and my tears are like food for me because I cry day and night. And, and my soul thirsts for him. He's remembering the things of the past that God has done in his life. I'm telling you, sometimes the way that I get through things that are going on in my life is I have to go back and remember the miracles that he has done in my life. And if you can't think of anything, then think about the time that you got saved. As I said last Sunday, I hold on to that time where I heard God speak to me to tell me to raise my hand and receive Jesus. I will never forget that. I hold on to that. If he can do that for me, then how much more can he do also in my life? That is a huge thing. Some of us have to go back and remember the things. Remember the times that you walked through these doors, happy and ready to praise God, where there is times where I know there's people walking through these doors that are like dragging themselves in here because they're not happy, because they're still in this pit of despair. And it's okay if you are. But remember the times when you walked in here happy and couldn't wait to come down here. And a great big step of faith is coming down here and worshiping right in front of this stage when you don't feel like it, when you are in that despair. This is the best time to come down because that's a huge step of faith. And you're looking at the devil and saying, he's saying, where is your God? You're saying, he's right here and I'm going to come down here and worship him. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care how you make me feel. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care how bad you hurt or in, or in pain. You just come down here and do it. Because your soul, this, the spirit man that God has renewed in you is panting for God's presence. It's time to ascend. So David goes on and repeats again. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? He's speaking to his soul. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. There you go. Hope in him again. Well, I do, Pastor Jeff. That's why I'm in such despair as I do. I know, I believe, I know he's going to come through, but he hasn't yet. And that's why I feel this way. But praise him again. Praise him again. My salvation and my God. Go back to when you got saved. If you can't remember that time, (laughs) then you need to respond today when I call you down to the front. Go back and remember that moment. Remember when you were changed on the inside. Remember. Oh my gosh, there's something else that I want to say, but I have to wait till next week. Oh. I'm going to say it. There, there are so many of you in here that are so gifted. The Holy Spirit has gifted you so much. And I'm going to have to brag on, on Ben Zimmerman. I see Phyllis back there. And there is something that it was hanging on to me for years. And Ben Zimmerman, man, he's, he's there and, and, and he's, he's crying because he's like, I'm so proud of you, Pastor Jeff, because he's known me for a long time. He has seen me wet behind the ears, and I'm still wet behind the ears to where, where I am today. And, and he said, I'm so proud of you. It was such an awesome you know, service. And, and, and he, he made a comment about something, and I don't want to get into it because I want to respect that, that moment. But he said something to me that changed. 
change my perspective on something that's been kneeling me for years. It's so important. You have no idea. Maybe you're not in a place where you're in a pit of despair right now. And, and, and maybe you feel like, why well, I have ascended. You know, I feel like that I am, you know, I'm close to Jesus and I'm, and I'm, I'm hearing from him regularly. And, and, and you need to use that to help somebody in this room. You have no idea how, how you saying something that God has given you is going to give hope and breathe life into that person or maybe break a chain that's been holding on to them for years. You have no idea. You just got to say it. I mean, we're a church, guys, that I know we say we're a home church and we move forward and find home, move forward, all these snazzy things that we like to say to, you know, yes, it's important. That's part of our vision and that's how we communicate that vision. But really the vision is doing what Ben did to me, one-on-one ministry that changes lives. Then in a moment breaks a chain and it falls to the ground. I mean, they could have heard it. You guys might have heard it in there on Sunday last week. It's just so important. That's what ascending means. That means that we have a perspective now that's so much bigger than our own self, that even though we're going through things, as all of us are going through things, I don't care who you are, we're able to push that aside, and we're able to, to pour into somebody's life. And that is so important, and that's what we all need, not just in this church, but in our community. So David goes on and says, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. So he, he's making a shift. He's making a shift from all the, the troubles that he's experienced. Now, now he, he's talking about how he's just going to praise God. And then he goes back into this despair again. He says, I say to my, to my God, my rock, this is verse 9, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? It's like... We, we as believers, we know the right answers, right? We know what to do. We know when we feel despair. We know that when we're in a pit. We know when, when, when trials come our way that we're supposed to turn our attention to Jesus and we're supposed to be praying and we're supposed to be spending more time with Him. We're supposed to be spending time with the Word. We're supposed to be praying in the Spirit. But what happens when those things don't happen to where you don't feel like He's there? And I go back to the ascension of Jesus when he was there with his disciples and they were all hanging around him on the, on the top of, Mount of, of the Mount of Olives and he's been with them for three years. Can you imagine that? Being with somebody for three years. He's the son of God and watching all that he did, all the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the, the amazing things that he said that blew their minds every day. The fact that your friend died on the cross and then three days later he's back like nothing happened and you get to hang on there for 40 days and he takes you to the Mount of Olives where they have been many times with him before and then he says something 
then I'm going to go and then I'm going to give you my power to be my witnesses. Not just for Jerusalem, your little world, but for Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And then he is taken up away from them. And, and they're all standing there like, he's, he's gone. What are we going to do? To the point where the angels are standing there looking at him like, why are you still here? And so, you know, I know that at the end of Luke, there, there's an account of the ascension where they're, they're rejoicing and they're, and they're praising God after he, he leaves. But it's weird because then Luke transfers over to the book of Acts and the account of the ascension is so much different. Where they actually leave and then they go, go back to the upper room. And that's where they wait And I can't imagine what's swirling around in their minds and, and how they're feeling. Their, their friend, their Lord and Savior, is no longer physically with them, yet they still have to in some way ascend so that they can carry out the mission, so that, so that we sitting in here today in 2021 are still preaching the gospel. There, there was something there in the greatest despair of your life, even though you recognize, hey, where, where, is, where is he? Why isn't he here? Why do I not feel him? That's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes. In order for us to keep moving, in order for us to get through the trials and the despair in our life, even when we don't feel Jesus with us, we have to somehow press in. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even though your mind is saying, where is God? Your mind is saying, I say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? You put that aside and you just pray in the spirit. We are a spirit-filled church, aren't we not? We don't talk enough about that. We just kind of assume that's just something everybody does. Well, what God has been laying on my heart all this week, because I've been feeling pretty empty up until now, is pray in the Spirit, Jeff. Just pray in the Spirit. And you want to know something? They were in the upper room. Jesus was gone. He's out of the picture physically. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Because what, what, what were they doing when the Holy Spirit fell? What were they doing? They were praying, right? They were praying. And then the Holy Spirit falls. And the next thing you know, Peter, huh, the one who denied Jesus just a month and a half ago, walks on out and preaches to 3,000 men. And they get saved, right? The church begins. There is so much. And, and yes, I know it's God. I know it's the power of the Holy Spirit. But there is so much riding on you all. You were bought and paid for at a huge price. Some of you, and we'll find out here soon, are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
with the power to do amazing things like what Ben Zimmerman did to me on Sunday for a reason. You could be the next Peter that goes out there and 3,000 get saved. We're in a time right now where revival is now. The revival, the revival isn't necessarily, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to fall and all these gift signs and wonders are going to happen. No, the revival is through each and every one of you because the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you now. And what God is saying is, for you to ascend, you got to open your mouth. Push aside your troubles. Open your mouth. He goes on in verse 10. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversary taunts me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? So, it's not just about our personal issues that we're going through right now. It's not just the trials that we're going through right now, the pits that we find ourselves in, the despair that we're feeling. It's the fact that we've got a world that's caving in around us. Our adversaries are much. Our adversaries want us silenced. We see it. We see it in, in this agenda that's going on through the world right now, right? The focus is not on people, it's on the environment. It's on social agendas. It's on climate change. It's on, there are so many things that the devil has hoodwinked the world into thinking that's where the focus needs to be. Because somehow we can save the earth. Or somehow it's okay that there's other genders than male and female. God created man and female, right? One woman, one man, marriage. I, but our adversaries, remember what I said, they're not physical, they're not people. It's the influence of the devil on those people. And that's why you've got to look past politics, you've got to look past people's agenda. And you're going to look at them as God's creation. And they too need to be saved if they're not already. We have many adversaries. I'm going to say this because I feel like I need to. I was going to say it anyway. I had it in my notes for, for this Sunday. Guys, and I'm speaking as somebody who I was raised in a conservative household. I was in the military. I am red, white, and blue as you can be. And I'm not going to tell you my political affiliation, but we got to get off of who is in the White House. I've had people come to me and say, we got to pray for our nation. Yes, yes, I, yes, I know, I know we got to pray for our nation, yes. And, and we also need to pray for our leaders, no matter who they are. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Okay, well, Jeff, we have, you know, there's these conferences that are going on about what's going on in the country and all these agendas, and I, I don't care about that anymore. God has, has righted me as of back in January because we look at our adversaries, and, and I think we get so red, white, and blue that we 
we start to hate those people. And maybe there's some of those people, whoever they are, that look at our church and they are enemy and they don't like us and, and they don't like what we stand for. They definitely don't like Jesus. But how we respond to them will determine whether or not they even step foot in a church. And so David had many adversaries, and I know we do too, but that's why Jesus came and changed everything up and said, we need to love our enemies. So we have to do that. We got to move on. Election's over. Yes, things are going not in a great direction right now. I get it. But how does that affect eternity? How? We got to look beyond that, and we got to ascend above that. I'll be quiet now when it comes to that. Verse 11. So why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? And he reminds himself to hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So the world is dark. It always has been. It's just now that the enemy is more bold than it's ever been. It's more open. It's more out there. It's, I hate to say this, more accepted. The world is a dark place. And maybe even your individual world is a dark place right now. My challenge to you all is to ascend. Jesus ascended into heaven and seated himself at the right hand of the Father so that he could send to us the Holy Spirit. And because of that, that is why we're seated in heavenly places, as Colossians 3 says, right? That's why, and yes, worship team, that was your cue, Colossians 3. That is why, that is why we ascend, because when we recognize that, when we, when we actually start to meditate on what it meant for Jesus to ascend into heaven and be seated at the right hand of the Father, then all of a sudden, my perspective becomes His. Now I no longer worry about who's in the White House. I no longer worry about what's being legislated from Washington, D.C. I no longer worry about my own personal issues. I, I no longer worry about the struggles that I have with, with my work or my job. All of a sudden, there's freedom. Because now, when I let those things go and I give them to God, then I can focus on what really matters. And I can begin to change the world. And see, I think a lot of us think that changing the world means that somehow I got to preach to 3,000 and they get saved, like Peter. And that's not the case. Changing the world is one-on-one relationships. So what does all this have to do right now? What am I trying to say? 
maybe what gets you out of that pit of despair this morning is realizing that there's somebody that God has for you that you need to minister to. And then if you don't, and I'm not trying to say that the blood, their blood is on your hands, but if you don't, they may not never hear the good news. What keeps me going every day, what keeps me, and you guys know I'm in pain. I've said it before, and I'm not looking for a pity party, right? Remember my sermon, pity party? What keeps me going is realizing, what helps me to ascend above my issues and my despair is knowing that God gave me an assignment. It's you all. You all keep me going because I know that it's not me that's preaching up here. It's God that speaks through me. It's the reason why I didn't even preach off my notes. I probably made everybody in, in the sound booth crazy today. But it's like, he's given me a mission. He's given me a call. And it's not just Jeff Pibe is the pastor. It's all of you. You have a call too. You all have a mission. You all have people that you work with that telling them about Jesus is the furthest thing from your, from your mind. And part of that reason is because you hate your job and you hate your life situation. And what God is saying to you today, not yet, is to ascend. Rise above that. And there's some of you that are so wrapped up in what's going on in Washington, D.C. that you're no earthly good here in, in Broken Arrow. This is your mission field because you're here. And because you're part of this church, lay that aside. Who is it? Has somebody said something? Oh, Christina Bennett, our, our children's pastor, was praying over the children's team this morning. And she told them all about how to pray with the kids this morning. And she said, really what I want them to do is to learn to, to be able to, to be Jesus to those people that they encounter. And so what I want you to do today is to ask them to think about somebody. And the first person that comes to their mind, that's the person that you need to be Jesus to. I'm like, wow, that's pretty simple. But see, we overcomplicate it here, don't we, as adults? So I'm bringing what they said in kids, I'm bringing it in in here. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Right now, Holy Spirit, we're just calling upon you. Come now. You are here, you've been here, but come now in a tangible way for everybody in this room. Father, I'm asking you right now in Jesus' name, put that person in the mind of everybody that's here. Who is that person? that everyone in this room needs to minister to. Who is it? Your head's still bowed. Another person comes to my mind, Ken Oliver. He's on our prayer team. He tells me stories all the time of people that he works with, people that he runs into, and he's always being Jesus to them. He is able to ascend above whatever situation he finds himself in, and I know he has things that he's dealing with, but he ascends and is able to minister to those people that are around him. Start thinking, start asking the Holy Spirit right now, 
Who is it, Lord, that you want me to reach? Whether it's my workplace, whether it's my neighbor, whether it's somebody in my own family. I believe right now, whoever that is for you, the Holy Spirit is putting that person's face or name or both in your mind. So right now, I just ask in Jesus' name that you overwhelmingly, Father, place a desire in their hearts to minister to that person. Father, I also pray for anybody that's in this room that's experiencing despair right now, they find themselves in a pit, that how you show them how to get out is that that person that popped into their mind needs them. Father, help them to ascend. Help them take the place that you want them to be in right now, Father. That when they leave here, they are refilled. In Jesus' name.